just thinking about you, Billy, over there on that hill yeah, in the 60s over on that, in the 60s. with your long hair. Were you I a bit was, of a pants man? No, 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 I was, a... In 63, <laughs> I was 10 years old. Yeah. And that's probably when I started, when mum and dad I used to live up on that hill over there, and yeah. mum and dad used to let me come down, you know, just with some mates mm. and watch oh, it. I think you're actually wearing that vest you've got on now back there. <laughs> I was. It's a meanly vest. Oh. And it's outstanding. Uh, um, and when did you start working at the Northbridge Bowling Club as a greenskeeper? No, Northbridge uh, Golf Club. Right, I yeah. was a greenkeeper up there in 1978. Uh, right. And, uh, yeah, just used to, uh, in a pair of bloody stubbies, so it, it, uh, driving around in a tractor um, down, you know, lovely part of Sydney. Yeah. When did you... When you decide to get into all this other stuff, doing like... Taking a piss? Yeah. Just but it happened organically, orgasmically. <laughs> it just happened orgasmically. Um, no, look, I've, people have asked me that since I did all the talk master. I was taking the piss out of people's voices. Uh, when I was watching TV as a 10-year-old, I used to do voices to make my dad and my mum laugh. And then I took that on to school where I took the piss out of teachers at school and then started making a living out of it. But, but how, how did you find you could make a living out of it, that Billy? How did you go from being just a bloke who sits there and entertains his workmates and all that to a bloke to say, yeah, why don't we do a CD? How did um, that come? Only because I, I, I had uh, written Australiana for Ostentatious in 1983 mm. and I was blown away that something I'd written had been 13 weeks at number one on the charts. How long did it take you to write? Because um, there's a myth that it only took you a few It took me about 45 minutes because I used to have... You know how people well, say he's a bear, a Catholic, he's a Pope shit in the woods, all that. Yeah. I used to say there's a wombat and how much can a koala bear. They were just silly yeah. lines that I would throw out at various situations. Anyway, yeah. ostentatious started using them on stage. If a joke fell flat, he'd go, oh, geez, how much can a koala bear? And, and people would laugh and he would sort of get the audience back again, get them back on side. So I was observing this as I was, you know, seeing him get up on stage. This is the early days of the comedy store, mm. um, you know, when Rodney Rood was running the, the, you the, the comedy store. I was managing him, yeah, which was just a, you know, job a, and a half. A nightmare. But I, I, he was using these one-liners of mine and I thought, well, if he's getting a laugh out of just these one-liners, what if I was to put them all together in a bullshit story? So I wrote down all the ones that I had Plus all of the other ones. Could I'd you recite at, it now? I'd look, at, I'd look at Vegemite and I'd say, well, Vegemite come too. Uh, Nullabore. Nullabore's me shitless. Um, uh, <laughs> me too. Um, right. cook, now, kookaburra. I thought he might kookaburra. I just wrote down the expression and then I came up with this fictitious story about a, a barbecue. Me mate Boomerang said he was having a few people around for a barbie. Thought he might cook a bar or two. I said to the wife, do you want to go, Anna? She said, I'll go if Dingo's. And what do we do about Nuller? He said, Nuller bores me shitless, leave him alone. So as I used each line, I just ticked it off. And after 45 minutes, I pretty much had the story that ended up going on record. And the, the favourite one from that one is uh, she can go out back with the fellow. She's, She's probably... probably seen a cockatoo. <laughs> 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 yes, Ma where can marsupial, as Indian girl wanted to go to the toilet, where can marsupial? Hey, Max... Now, Max, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to do the whole thing for you now. Okay? <laughs> Max, Matt, the producer here is, is freaking out. No, no, we're going to turn it from a footy show into a comedy but, show. Okay, and then just on, so, so like last week, you know, because the great Rabs doesn't know whether you'll yeah. make it to the next deal. Yeah, that's so right. Then, so then they had a list in the paper last week. Right, of Did people who might... Everybody. So they had everybody. They even had everybody uh, except me. Not everybody. Everybody. Everybody <laughs> except for except our friend. Maroon. Except yeah, yeah. And, and Dan Ganane get a mention. Yes, Dan. Dan Janani. Yeah. And then the evidence correct. And I think Rabs rang in Lane's head. If I want anybody to fill my shoes, it's you, Dan. It's Dan. Did he say that? It's Dan. Uh, yeah. Dan, well, you're a good young kid, Dan. But, well, but would, would you they consider me? No. I don't. Look, people have said, that, especially uh, you know, in the, with the Channel Nine cricket, they said that they could. 
put me in the commentary box and uh, pay one salary, and I could do all you know six <laughs> or seven voices. Um, so I decided to actually remember on my album Bones, yep. that was what uh, Eddie McGuire yeah, tried to yeah, do. Yeah. He boned the entire commentary team and paid me a lot of money to. So that was life imitating art, imitating life, imitating art. Just just to wrap this one up, though, you're Greenskeeper in 1978. Yep. In 1983, you've yes. written Australiana. Yes. So in the space of five years, that it's, it's a quick turnaround, isn't it? It was a quick turnaround. Yeah. I just decided to get back into the advertising and music business, which I'd come from, and I decided to have a, a sabbatical. And I went and was a Greenskeeper on Northbridge Golf Course uh, for about a year and a half, and then I decided that I needed to get back into the business that I enjoyed, mm. which was, you know, advertising and music business. So I set up my own little company, and that's where I was when Ostentatious came along. And I just, uh, getting back to your original question, Kenny, when, when Australiana worked so well in 83, I just thought, well, what can I do for myself? And I turned to these lounge room impersonations of Richie Benno, Bill Laurie and Tony Gregg, which I've been doing for seven or eight years quite successfully in the lounge room. Did you have to pitch for it? Like when you first went into the, the record executives and said, listen, I've got this great idea, that they just look at you and say, mate, what the hell is no, that? No, I played it to them and I played it to the A&R guy. They're the people who decide what they're going to release. And uh, his office just started to fill up with people who were going, did I just hear Richie Benno drop the F-bomb and what's going on here? <laughs> and uh, in the end, when they realised that it was just uh, six minutes of 12-man stupidity, um, and I wanted to put it out as a record, they said, yeah, let's go. Yeah. And we did. And shortly after that, you bought your island. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> bought the island. All right. But uh, how did we get down that track? How did we I get around know. to talk about Have the island? Great, great topic, by the way. Yeah, I, I just don't know how we got there.